Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or riding your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello, George Brundle. Hi, Larry Davis. That's me. We're back here for another week. For some reason. Yeah. What's, uh, we've got news? What's popping? Com- no. Comic books? Uh, nope. Uh, Video- not really. Video games? Movie, kind movies? of kind, well i've been TV. watching old movies yeah, mm. not really any tv unless you want me to talk about star trek some more no exactly what movies Nobody have you been that. watching uh i rewatched the master which i like a lot and that's basically mm. it uh, i've been at work for most of the past two weeks i, I think that this is much. the perfect way to show like the difference in our taste in cinema is this week you went and watched The Master, a very good, well-made film. Uh, I watched Batman, Batman Returns, skipped <laughs> Batman Forever, and watched about half of Batman and Robin. Okay, sure. Yeah. You know, just enough to get a good taste of it. I have, like, Criterion movies on my shelf that I have not picked up and started watching yet. I got probably about, like a third of Zatoichi left, but I'm deciding to spend my time watching Batman and Robin on Voodoo with ads. I like imagining <laughs> though, like you haven't seen it, but there's a bit in the master where uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is just asking Joaquin Phoenix, like all these weird questions sort of try to analyze him. And it would just be like you in that chair where he's like, don't blink. If you blink, we start over one. Have you seen every Batman film Two. Did you like Batman and Robin? Three, did you like Batman Forever? Four, was your opinion of Jim Carrey as the Riddler? Five. Man. I, look, Batman and Robin is watchable. It's not, it's not good, but you, you can sit so. down and watch it. Like, it's, it's fascinating in how bad it is. Compare that with Batman Forever, which I think is actually just straight up a boring movie. Like, I think Batman Forever is maybe the worst one out of that uh, quintology. But what about Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face? Trash! Oh. It's just him and Jim Carrey are just playing the Joker. Yeah. They they got the giggles the entire movie. It's really, really grating. Pretty good. I disagree. Well, whatever. I don't like either of them. I don't know, that thing sucks. The video game for it also sucks. I tried to play that a while ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really bad. Mortal Kombat-ass-looking game with a controller layout that doesn't make a lick of sense. Yep, hold up and press select to grapple. Yeah, sure, why not? The math's intuitive. Oh, video games absolutely. were still figuring out what they wanted to be, Larry. Yeah, I mean... You know, the Batman-Robin game for PS1, also very bad, but it was at least trying something. Yeah. You know, like, it was open world, it had the whole thing where it's like you 
you're in the bat cave you go over to the batmobile you have to find where the thing is and then you go in and then it's like on foot it, it's like it was a whole thing they were trying something yeah i like that the uh batman returns game for the sega cd which is like mostly just a uh, a vehicle game uh-huh kind of just barreling down the street shooting a bunch of like circus clowns or whatever like that that was fun wasn't there another one like that for the animated series uh, I think there were just segments like that in the animated series games, uh, but, but I don't only, think that they had one that was devoted. Only in like the Sega CD version, right? Because that was uh, the one that had the new footage they made for it. I think so. It might have also just been like the Genesis version. It's been a really long time since I played like any of the animated series games, so they all kind of like blend together Super at this Nintendo point. Except one. like I. I do know, like, the Super Nintendo one has that fight with the Joker on the roller coaster, because that is, like, mode 7 out the ass. Hell yeah. You punch yeah, the bombs real... back at him. Yeah. Video games. <laughs> Video games. I like um, those. I, I, uh, I played uh, that Batman Returns fighting game. Or, not fighting game, uh, beat him up for the SNES uh, not too long ago. I think it's pretty hard. Like towards the end of it, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. good though. Well, speaking of retro games, here's what I ended up doing last night and this morning. Uh, I finally got sick of the RetroPie developers, uh, sitting around on their big old booties and not making a RPI 4 compatible version of RetroPie. So, I started looking into alternatives and determined. That I would just install Laka on it. Mm. Have you tried Laka? I've not tried Laka. I actually don't know much about Laka at all. It's just RetroArch, basically. Oh. Well, so okay. it's essentially the same thing. It just doesn't have the pretty themes and all of that stuff that you love about it. However, uh, it also means it's probably kind of better because it does not have like a full version of Raspbian or whatever it is running underneath it. It's uh, just straight up retro yeah. arc running it's probably but not bogging it down here's the thing i installed that and i started running it and was like boy this menu is kind of choppy but let's see how the games run bad it turns out well what were you trying to run on there just like adam's family for genesis because it was the first thing on the list oh, all right um, mine is ah real monsters but I, I think I just skipped over that because I wanted something that would have like quick movement to try to mm -hmm. find, but it didn't matter because I got to Sega or whatever, and then I was like, okay, this is not working. Uh. Um, and I tried to Umjammer Lammy, and of course that was really bad too. And at some points would just like basically freeze about four seconds into the first level. See, I just wouldn't want to play that stuff on emulation anyway because it seems like the like the latency in that and Parappa would be so bad that those would be unplayable anyway. Well, here's the thing. So, after that, I touched it and was like, boy, this is pretty hot. And then I went and looked and saw some stuff that was like, okay, well, the Raspberry Pi 4 has firmware on it, which none of the previous ones did because they didn't have any form of onboard storage. This one has an EEPROM. Yeah. So, to update that, you have to install Raspbian. Uh, so I had to format that card. 
start over, install all of this. And I eventually got that done. Here's a fun thing, by the way. If you have a memory card bigger than 32 gigabytes, you have to... Just installing noobs on it does not work. You have to get this weird thing. It's just like an EXE they direct you to, which basically tricks it into thinking it's a regular FAT format drive, not XFAT. I don't yeah. know why they've never fixed this. Fixed this. <clears throat> In fact, I would not have known it was a problem. I just like installed it like normally. I was like, this is not booting up. And then I looked in the noob's readme file and like jammed all the way at the bottom of it. It's just like, oh, by the way, if you have a card bigger than 32 gigabytes, you need to do this. So I did do that. It's great because mine's uh, like I think 64 gigs and I was thinking that when I do finally go over to like the Pi 4 uh, at that point presumably it'd be running stuff like PlayStation 1 games and Dreamcast games a lot better so I would want to load that up with even more so I was thinking of getting like a 128 gigabyte card at the very least. So that should not Uh, matter for LACA. It's just for Raspbian which I needed to update the firmware. I mean, that's the thing is I'm still kind of just I so I really like the the presentation of that stuff like I am all about like the the menus and the the video previews and all that stuff so I'm still just kind of waiting for them to actually get around to it the stuff you're telling me kind of it it makes more sense that it's taking them this long to get anything out there for the Raspberry Pi 4 yeah uh, but at the same time like my my 3 is treating me well enough that I don't feel like as in quite a rush unlike you who like immediately ordered one and have just had that board sitting around for a while now yeah because i thought oh surely this is like one of the most popular things people use pies for they must have given them like advance notice and everything and but yeah Yeah, turns out they didn't do that no they they didn't give them anything to work with uh, prior to releasing that board to the public which that seems kind of fucked yeah so yeah. Anyway, I did this, upgraded the firmware, then I reinstalled Wacka on the drive, um, and plugged it in. Same thing. Here, <laughs> here's the thing. So, I was plugging it into my TV, and yeah. so it was deciding to run everything at 4K. Mm. <laughs> so... In order to change the video resolution, you have to go in settings and, like, I think it's under UI settings and enable advanced settings because video resolution is advanced. And then from there, you have to, like, select vertical height and then scroll all the way down to 1080 and then horizontal and then scroll all the way down to 1920. Anyway, I did all this and it's working fine now. That's good. I played Actually, through a few I... levels of Um Jammer Lammy. Works really well, especially because um this version of RetroArch has the like run ahead thing, which you can also enable to reduce latency if you want. But I did oh. not have any issue with it even normally. See, I haven't actually tried Um Jammer Lammy on my Pi. Uh I've tried uh Parappa on my computer and there was definitely latency with that. Uh but I have both those on my Pi mostly just for posterity. Like, yeah. I, just, I appreciate those games, and I'm just fine with them inhabiting a certain amount of space on that SD card just so they show up in that list. And then I, I can periodically go, 
oh, um, Jam and Lammy is a really good game. I do think Parappa also just has way tighter timing. Like, Um Jammer Lammy is pretty mm-hmm. tight as well, but um, remember when they came out with that PSP port of Parappa? Oh, and, yeah. And I think that was when everybody realized, oh, this game's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's... I, I just got discouraged from trying any of those games after my experience, which is trying to play Parappa uh, through EPSXE. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It sounds like I should give Um Jammer Lammy a, a second shot. Maybe swap something off my list. Maybe. Looking at that list today and saw Pulse Man on there, it was really considering whether or not I wanted to play Pulse Man. Yeah. Well, so I tried Um Jammer Lammy, that worked. I tried uh, Mario World, it worked. Um, tried Sonic 3, and I got to Hydro City Zone, and then was like, oh, right, this game sucks. And then stopped playing that. It's Hydrocity. It's Hydrocity. It's not Hydro City. Hydrocity? Yes, it's a play on velocity. Not a damn thing in that level looks like a city. It's an underwater city. It's Hydro City. There's not a single thing in that level that looks like a city. It's It's Atlantis. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Oh, you're all fools. You're all basing this off a Right Said Fred song, a sign that appeared in that fucking music video that had a space between the name of the level. Hydrocity is not a word. You're not a word. (laughs) (laughs) My comeback for that. It's a play on the word viscosity, see, and therefore, shut up. (laughs) I'm Um, right about this and everybody else is wrong. Okay, good. This is your own Metal Gear Solid V. I I have... Sure, if that's how you (laughs) want to refer to this. I'll tell you what, here's my compromise with you. I will accept that it is Metal Gear Solid V, and you know that this is asking a lot of me, if you will accept that it is Hydrocity. No, absolutely not. You're a son of a bitch. (laughs) You're an asshole. Why would it be Hydrocity, though? Because it's a fast water level. It was the first actual fast water level in a Sonic game, because they fucked that up twice already, so they made it a play on words, play on velocity, Hydrocity. <laughs> you don't think it's at all likely that a Japanese developer just forgot to put a space in between Hydro and City? <laughs> I do not. I think that they made a very tight and well-made video game with Sonic 3. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So well-made, they had to put things in the manual that say, there are traps Robotnik has laid that you won't be able to get out of, and we'll have to reset your game. Robotnik will put your ass in a wall. That's right. (laughs) (sighs) I like Sonic 3 a whole lot, and I think you're wrong about that game as well. Look, Knuckles, I got no problem with Knuckles. Yeah. He's fine. Shows up and straight I, up punches the Chaos Emeralds out Sonic of here. Sonic 3 is such a well-made game that they did not bother giving Tails, like, uh, directions on what to do. So there's that part at the end of the first level where there's the airship going overhead, and <laughs> Tails just keeps falling back and getting bombed constantly <laughs> because they couldn't put in Tails keep moving forward during this segment. That's great, and I love it. I'm glad that they did not bother to put any script in there to actually get him to outrun those bombs. All right. 
Anyway, that, uh, I, I got run, that all running way, about uh, 20 minutes before we started recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I, I have not touched my Raspberry Pi in about two months. Uh, I jumped into it about a day ago to play a game that we'll talk about later in this podcast, uh, but I was kind of like worried the last time I got into it because that thing was starting to heat up. Yeah. Getting a little cons- it was this weird thing too, where like I have a, a heat sink on that chip uh, that the case came with, and so I thought, oh well, of course I, they give you a heat sink. You should probably put this thing on there. Uh, turns out like that actually makes that thing run hotter, mm. which is weird to me, and I'm not sure why that is the case. But like I was looking up a lot of uh, information about that, and people saying like, yeah, on the Raspberry Pi three, like. Just make sure there's a hole there that ventilates it. Do not put a heat sink on that actually causes it to heat up. So, Weird. Uh, I've not yet opened that thing up to remove the heat sink to see if that's the case. Because also, I'm kind of worried about doing that now and possibly not being able to put it back on. So, like, I, I kind of the thing that's making me want a four at this point is the promise of Dreamcast games running well enough to play on a Raspberry Pi, and the fact that like. I think a lot of those cases that they give you now just like straight up come with fans. So, yeah, I've seen some like that. I just like got a basic one because whatever. I, I figured I would probably get a different one at some point. Yeah, I need to try I, Dreamcast stuff on this and see how it goes. Yeah, let me let me know how that actually ends up working out because that's for me the biggest draw. Like for the most part, uh, PlayStation games actually run fine on my on my pi 3 there's yeah. like a few of them that that get kind of weird like tomba in particular ran very poorly in a few places and at like one point was straight up overheating my pie cool yeah meanwhile like metal gear solid and like final fantasy 9 and crash bandicoot run totally fine with like no dropped frames and do not overheat the pie so i don't know what the deal is with tomba i mean it's it's just too good for it it can't keep up. Evidently. Yeah. Um Well, I I don't know. I'll get to Dreamcast eventually. First I have to download uh, this no intro full ROM set of engage games. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you know, play, game archiving is very important, Larry. <laughs> yeah, I need to emulate Pandemonium and Mama May I Mow the Lawn. <laughs> Oh, uh, get a Gizmodo emulator report back to me whether or not they emulate paid advertisements. Ooh. Like, that actually would be really good if they yeah. just had, like, an archive of the advertisements that played and just had an option where it would actually force those to play just for the sake of authenticity. Like those, uh, the DC facsimile edition comics? They're just, yeah. like, reprints of the old ones exactly as they were with ads and everything. There's one of those yeah. coming out, um... Of the the laughing fish issue, which Ooh. I'm considering getting. Yeah, I want I want some good early aughts uh, advertisements on a Gizmodo emulator. A lot of people with backwards hats Sketchers. and yeah jerseys and jorts, sunglasses. Um, it, every time I think about that era, the the thing that comes up. In my brain, a soap shoes. Uh, that was a thing. Sure. Yeah, grind with your shoes. Uh-huh. Cross promotion with Sonic the Hedgehog. Why not? Fuck it. Thanks, Sonic. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been up to last night and this morning. So, what you got? 
Uh, well, like I said, I've watched a whole lot of the Batman movies. Congrats. Yeah, this just like started out uh, one night where I had to like waiting for a company to come over needed something to do to fill time watch batman returns again and i really appreciate that movie it is incredibly dumb in a way that i can get fully behind oh yeah i mean it's like more of a spiritual sequel to the adam west series yeah like the 89 with, one with a with the, the a burton-esque twist to it there there's a the whole early part of that movie uh, they are alluding to Penguin being a, a, a penguin man that lives in the sewers. He's like in uh, tabloid headlines and everything, and people don't know if it's uh, real or just a uh, urban legend. And when he finally like emerges and uh, saves this baby, uh, every, he's the talk of the town. Everyone knows that he exists, and they're way into him. He's a hero, and there's this like couple that's walking by having this conversation. And like this one lady, uh, I think, describes him as... Um, Oh, God, I can't remember what she refers to him as. But, like, a totally different animal other than a penguin, and her boyfriend's just like, I think he's really more like a penguin. Which, like, is in all the headlines and everything, so it's just this very, like, he's stating the obvious at that point in the movie. It's like I wish some I kind of what... hot tub, hot time machine. <laughs> yes, it's exactly like that. Uh, <clears throat> Michelle Pfeiffer in that movie is fucking fantastic, too. Yeah. Yeah, penguin Danny just like straight up flying around on an umbrella. Yeah. Why not? Spitting up tar. Yeah. Prowling and grunting after every sentence, just eating raw fish in his pajamas. Batman explodes that guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he grins at him too. Yeah, he's having a he good time. He knew what he did. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Christopher Walken as Max Shrek. Oh yeah, Somebody man, that wave that they put on him. Told me. Yeah. Yeah. Gets a Michelle Pfeiffer out the window. Yeah, you, like oh what would she grabs like a live wire, then also puts a taser between their lips and then kisses him and it just straight up fucking melts him. Yeah. <laughs> and like Danny DeVito at that point is also trying to like grab an umbrella to shoot Batman just picks one up out of his case opens it it's like a uh, like one of those wheels you'd put like above a, a baby's crib mm -hmm. he just goes Mobile. ah shit I picked a cute one and then keels over <laughs> Batman returns his um, very good uh, Batman and Robin very good for very different reasons <laughs> I actually was thinking, like, maybe just a couple weeks ago I should watch the first two Batman again. Because I've seen yeah, them. they're great. Uh, Returns is probably the one I've seen the least. So. Yeah, I think that's that's true of me, too. Like, I forgot a lot of that movie and have found new ways to appreciate it, having just rewatched it. Uh, I rewatched the original Batman as well, which I remember a, a lot better than i do batman returns and i think that thing holds up very well like say what you will about them maybe getting some stuff wrong about batman like the fact that he totally kills people in those movies but i also think that they are a perfect encapsulation of where batman was in the 80s yeah and the early 90s like that's essentially neil adams batman in a lot of ways yeah uh and oh by the way <laughs> comic chat 
uh, in the new solicits, the final issue of Batman vs. Ra's al Ghul is supposedly mm-hmm. coming out. So you'll have a trade of that soon enough that you can, quote, enjoy. I don't know. That sounds, the way you phrased that's very grim. I'm not sure I want to now. Well, why? You're not going to read the new one from uh, the creator of the incredible Batman Odyssey? Oh, he's doing I had no idea who was doing it. They let him do another one? Yes. I told you about why? it at the time. I don't know. It's taken like a year for these six issues to come out. Who allowed this? Uh, look, Neil Adams gets to do whatever he wants. Oh, man. Ra's al Ghul in Batman Odyssey was so good, too. My favorite part was just him giving his whole sob story about needing to, like, get rid of the master who's, like, living in the center of the earth or something. And Batman's just like, oh, yeah, it's great. And just, like, lays down and takes a nap. (laughs) Right on the floor. Batman Odyssey's so good. It is. He goes into, like, the Earth's crust because, like, Neil Adams is into the whole expanding Earth theory thing and has just injected that into the story. And he meets a wizard there, who, by the way, is just, like, in a full-on robe and pointed hat with, like, moons and stars sewn on it. Yep. Just a real fucking Fantasia-ass-looking Yinsid motherfucker. And he talks in jive. And <laughs> Batman just somehow knows who this guy is. Yeah, and if you just look at like two or three panels of that comic, you would think it was written by a robot. Oh my god, there's this he meets this whole like society of cave people that are like both advanced for like what you would assume caveman to be, but they're still very much cavemen. And they have their own Batman and Robin, because uh, they've modeled themselves off the real Batman and Robin who they've learned of by, like, intercepting uh, television broadcasts or something from the surface. And they, the, the thing that they do not have in common with Batman and Robin is they're extremely okay with murder. So there is this segment where, like, a bunch of cavemen are just stabbing other cavemen to death, and Batman's just like, uh, oh, wait, oh, no, this isn't good. <laughs> Just completely shell-shocked, just standing there while all this murder has taken place, doesn't know what to do about it. Yes, my favorite thing in Batman Odyssey will always be the panel where Batman is climbing up the side of a train <laughs> holding a gun. Except he Guns. has the gun... Well, no, it's he It's one has... in each hand! No, no, when he's climbing up the, on the train, he only has one gun in his hand. No, it's both. Pretty no, sure. it's not. He has one hand like on the ladder. Except, if you only have one hand free, then it's kind of hard to climb a ladder. And so clearly, Neil Adams drew that and then realized that issue. And so then he put in a thought balloon of Batman saying, "Huh, it's pretty hard to climb this ladder with a gun in my hand." <laughs> I like that his plan too is to like he needs to get people out of that train car so he just fires indiscriminately into the yep. crowd while yelling at them to move it. Yep. <laughs> There's a bit where, like, one of my, like, just favorite things structurally with that book, too, is that this starts as uh, Batman telling a story, of like, facing the viewer, and you don't know who he's actually telling it to, but ostensibly it's just, like, breaking the fourth wall he's telling it to you, the reader. Uh, you find out at the end of the book it's Clark Kent. Um, but he's telling him this story 
about like one of his first adventures out as Batman, but also he's telling this first adventure story to Robin at a different point in time, but then also goes off into a different tangent about another adventure he has with Robin while also telling this other adventure he had early on in his career. So this whole thing just gets super convoluted. It's stories within stories just intertwining this fucking spaghetti-ass narrative that Neil Adams has constructed. It makes no sense at all. Of course not. There's this whole thing about, like, how all of Batman's vision or, or villains were just, um... Oh, God, I... I don't Here's know. I'm way lost in Batman Odyssey now. Like, I's trying to think of... Jesus. Here's some There's dialogue. a panel where he's underwater and he sees, a like, a whale and just starts spinning around going, A whale? A whale! A whale! <laughs> Here's some dialogue between Batman and the wizard. Uh, each of these are one line between Batman and him alternating. Sylvester. Yo. Clarinet, right? Right on. How? Lip. All right. The magic, it's real? It drove us underground. Modern w witchcraft. Got it. Cool. <laughs> what? There's so many ellipses in that story, too. Like, there, no sentence ends on a period. Every every thought a character has has to trail off. No one ever finishes anything that they're actually saying to each other. There's a panel where the wizard says, It's a righteous plan, Master Bats. We've sent your info to our <laughs> doughboys. It's gonna seem uncool for you because your team is alien and odd, and the enemy is regulation humans. Even so, this is a righteous beef, and there's no get-out-of-jail-free cards. Fixins is on homeboy's table over there. What's your poison? The engineers do really good ordnance. Um, Neil this is Adams wizard. is the oldest, <laughs> widest man in comics. The wizard is pointing at a table with guns on it, and also he is standing next to an alien. That's glowing. It's like Mr. Burns in that episode where he was wandering in the woods. Yeah, he's in love. Uh-huh. Uh, there's, there's a sequence in that comic, uh, one of Batman's stories within a story, where he gets shot point blank in the face, and the like chapter ends on this, and then it reveals in the next one that like he has a mouth shield that will come down for a split second if there's any like bullet or like blunt force trauma going towards his mouth. And so, like, that blocked the bullet, and then the shield went away, and it was so fast that it was imperceptible. Yeah. Sure. That's how it gets around Batman totally dying. Like, it's very obvious Neil Adams just thought of a really cool cliffhanger of Batman gets shot in the mouth. How does he get out of this one? And then didn't have an answer for it. No, so he just not. panicked, and it was, mouth shield moves really quick. Sure. Makes as much sense as anything else, I guess. Oh god, Batman Odyssey's so good. Anyway, I'm glad what, they're letting Neil do things again. What started this? Uh, Neil Adams is doing a Ra's al Ghul comic. That's right, but what did I, that come from? I'll wait to read. Um, something talking about the Batman movies. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought maybe there was something more specific than that, but no. That's a, I've been filling my time watching the Batman's, and that's kind of been it, really. Great. Oh, I was going to say that I like how Gotham City in the first Batman movie kind of looks like an actual place. And then yeah. in, in Returns, nope. Just went no. full on animated series with it. 
yeah, leans very hard on the Garth, the Gothic architecture to the point where none of the buildings make any sense. Like, it's actually one of the things I like about the uh, Schumacher movies is how, like, there's just statues jutting out of everything. Sure. Like, it's a really crazy look that I, I don't think I've really seen that anywhere else. Lots of pink and I green like neon. That. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think that ex- that aesthetic would look really good in a totally different movie that wasn't sagged down by all the Batman stuff. It absolutely does not work. It almost looks like something from a Nicholas Winding Rain movie, in a weird way. Yeah, you know they did a sequel to the Mario Brothers movie. I'd want it to look like that. Mm, I like don't that's know. that's the uh, that's the Koopa City after King Koopa's been overthrown, and you know new, new life gets breathed into it yeah okay i guess yeah big statues of toad <laughs> just jutting out of buildings but it's like the video game toad oh okay i thought maybe you yeah. meant like mount rushmore but with mojo nixon's face oh man no as soon as you yeah no actually i take it back i just want statues of mojo nixon all over the place it's mount rushmore but all four of them are mojo nixon it's that chase scene that goes for like I think it goes for like the head of a gigantic skyscraper-sized statue, but it's just Mojo Nixon. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So is that it? Yeah, yeah. No, that's all I've uh, really been up to. Um, okay. Yeah, I-, I was busy with the. Uh... I stuff this morning or I would have had assigned reading for a comic segment later but we can do that next week okay uh I'm not going to force you to buy it I'll give you a, a source to read something but uh oh. next week this comic fell off the back of a truck yeah absolutely well look you're, you're probably not gonna want to pay for it mm. uh Okay, retro time. George's Retro Corner. Here we go. Yeah, I, uh, like I said, I had not started up my Raspberry Pi for probably a couple of months, and uh, since I finally finished up the Final Fantasy Xs, uh, I decided to jump into a very different sort of video game. Um, uh, my, my, uh, my life of staying awake during the very, very late night hours until the early a.m. is coming to a close. And one of the th- one of the games that has kind of like stuck with me as being uh, very much of this era of my life where I do not see the daylight is uh, Symphony of the Night. And so I wanted to give one of the Game Boy Advance Castlevanias a go. And so I'm, I'm going with the first one they released, which is Circle of the Moon. Uh, I've always been kind of cautious of these games because they've never really looked appealing to me. And uh, now coming out the other end of Circle of the Moon, I am dreading the other two. (laughs) Okay. Turns out I was right to find these games uh, suspect in terms of quality. Uh, You know, Uh, it was hard to make a Game Boy Advance game like a full Castlevania that way. It's very clear that the Symphony of the Night structure is kind of being hampered down by the fact that they knew what system that they were making this for. Um, In the sense that... So the way that this thing's kind of structured, uh, 
the, the sympathy in the night element being, of course, that the, the progression is, is non-linear. You're popping open, like, hidden walls, and you're getting different items to kind of progress. It's the whole Metroid Castlevania thing they got going on. So I, I uh, didn't know that was actually the case in Circle of the Moon. I thought it was just sort of a regular Castlevania. No. So it isn't and isn't, because I think that they also downplayed that. It's a bit more structured in that I can kind of see how you might be able to sequence break in a few places, but I do think it is a lot more rigid than Symphony of the Night is. Uh, the movement also feels a lot closer to the original Castlevanias to me than it does Symphony of the Night. There, There's a certain stiffness to Nathan uh, that is much more reminiscent of those other Castlevanias, uh, which I like uh, because I'm weird and I tend to like games that play stiff like that. Like, I like always knowing exactly how my jump is going to work, because you're kind of just locked into a certain trajectory with that. Okay. Uh, I really like Super Ghouls and Ghosts. For example, this is what's wrong with me. Yeah. Oh, speak of liking games that uh, maybe should not be liked as much as they are, I did forget to mention there's a Kickstarter for Wonderful 101 uh, remastered, so... If you really want to pay $40 for this Wii U game, go go ahead. Go pledge your money. I both want people to do that, but also I don't want to do that. Oh yeah, I want people to do it, and it really doesn't matter because it's met the goal already. Um, oh. I will buy it for $5 two months after it comes out. Sounds about right. That's um... basically what I did for the Wii U game. Uh, anyway, Circle of the Moon. Uh, so I understand that with these uh, Game Boy Advance Castlevanias, they all kind of had their own like unique gimmick, uh, their own little spin on the Symphony of Night formula. I, I want to say it's the one that's after this that has like the bright outlines to the characters that they like you absorb souls of enemies or something, and then that gives you different moves. So it's kind of like a. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's like full-on Pokemon where you need to go like catch them all, but it's sort of a similar enough thing where there is definitely like a uh, a bestiary that you need to fill out. It's like drawing in a Final Fantasy VIII. Y- yeah, maybe. I don't know. I have no first-hand experience with this. I've just heard it talked about. Okay. Um, uh, I don't really know. I didn't get into any of these Game Boy Advance ones. Uh, I played this one just a little bit sort of when it came out and could not see anything in it. Yeah. Uh, because it was an early Game Boy Advance game, and the Game Boy Advance did not have a backlight, and this game is very dark. And so I was like, okay, I will send this back to Gamefly. Yep. Uh, I could see how that would be an issue. Uh, I benefited from having this blown up on my uh, my 55-inch TV, so everything was pretty clear, but like a Game Boy Advance with no back, black, yeah, bad. black light. No it doesn't have light. a black light. No. Thankfully. You... Castlevania really lights up when you shine one of those in there, let me tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look, Dracula's got a lot of time on his hands between Castlevania manifesting in the real world. Plus, you know, just all the gore probably yeah. lights up, too. Oh, yeah. Sure. Luminol. Uh. <laughs> um, 
Where was I going with this? Yes, th that would be very difficult to see anything. Also, I think that the game is just very hard on top of that. So, like, not being able to see shit probably doesn't help. Uh, and it's it's weird because, like, I think that the actual just, like, going through the levels or the segments of the castle isn't necessarily difficult. But the bosses just have a ton of health and really, like, tricky attack patterns to work your way around. In some cases, they're just very frustrating to actually hit. So towards the end of the game, like, I, I felt like I was leveling up about as much as I should be. Uh, like, I think, I, I want to say I ended the game at least on level 50, and I was still just having a hell of a time with everything. So it kind of felt to me like, to a degree, you actually need to grind for levels in this game. And then oh, that good. is what kind of considered, well, this is a portable game. It took me about six hours to beat it, just powering my way through it and using save states. So the grinding thing's probably there to just elongate the game. Probably. I'd have to imagine. Uh, but there's also this, like, card system in the game, which is the way that you get most of your, like, uh, the way you modify your whip to become different attacks. So you have two different rows of cards. Uh, one row is based on monsters, and the other row is based on planets. So you could have like a uh, I'm trying to remember what each one did exactly because at a certain point I just left it on the like the one card that I thought was the best. But like you could have like say Mars will modify your whip into different elemental attacks based on whatever monster you also have turned on. So like the Manticore and Mars I think ends up making like a sword that does a stone based attack. Uh, I might not actually have those abilities correct for those two cards, but, like, you get the general idea. No, uh, I don't. You mix and match the cards, and you get different abilities based on what you're mixing and matching. Oh, okay. But generally, a planet will do, like, a certain thing. Like, this will allow you to heal, but then, like, whatever monster you're associating, associating with it will have you heal in different ways. So, like, one of them will modify your whip, but it will modify it based on different elements depending on what monster you associate with that card. Why are you repeating this? You already said this. I'm tr trying to help you understand. <laughs> no, I got it. Because the system kind of sucks is the problem, too, because it doesn't tell you what any of this shit will actually do until you turn it on and you use it. Oh. It'll just be, like, question marks on there. I mean, that's fun. You get to discover... All the combinations. No, because a, a lot of them are just worthless. A lot of them just kind of suck. Oh. Like, at a certain point, I just left it on the sword that has, like, the stone property to it, because it seemed like that did the most damage to everything consistently. Okay. What about your whip? The, there's one that just assigns different elements to the whip, but then the stone sword did more damage than all of those on basically everything. What? Yeah. So mm. at a certain point, I just stopped using the whip. And like these, That's it, it expends. It is. It, this. Hey, I missed a bunch of cards too. So, you know, there's probably something better than what I was using. Because this is cool. Instead of just like picking those cards up and set locations, what if I told you you had to grind them out of enemies? Of course. Yeah. So I certain enemies will drop certain up. cards. And let me. I want to read you this thing from Strategy Wiki because at a certain point in the game, I wasn't sure what was causing cards to drop when, and so I had to look it up, and 
I kind of stopped caring after I read this. Um, cards are randomly dropped by specific enemies, which means that you may have to fight 40 or 50 of the same enemy before you get the card you want. The easiest way to do this is to find a room near a save point where the only enemy in the room is the one you want, generally one of the many hidden rooms. For example, the best place to get a Manticore card is from the Thunder Demon in the hidden room nearest to the Iron Golem boss. It's the only enemy in the room, so you don't have to fight through hordes of monsters just for your 1 in 40 chance of getting the card. Great. This sucks. Yeah. Wait till you get to uh, a good Castlevania, like Portrait of Ruin. Maybe one day, because I'm pretty discouraged right now for playing more of these like Game Boy Advance Castlevanias. Like, I think actually that's part of why I had trouble with the bosses. I know that there's one card that lets you regenerate your health using magic, and I could never find it. I, I don't know what enemy drops it, I don't know where to get it, and I kind of was just playing through the game I would on a blind run, and I just never came across it. Okay. Well, I don't have to worry about playing this because I can never remember the name of any of the Castlevania games of this era. Mm. Because oh, they are completely interchangeable. Circle of the Moon, uh, Harmony of Dissonance, and Aria of Sorrow? Sure. What was the DS I think one? That, that... I thought that was oh, Aria I... of Sorrow. Oh, maybe it was. I'm Wait, not no. sure. It's it, always... it was probably something DS, right? Dawn of Sorrow. That's it. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But see, the. Oh, no, general, har- generally, it's a music thing plus. Emo thing yes. equals Castlevania title. But I thought Harmony of Dissonance was the Xbox Live Arcade one because it was HD. Oh no. It's honestly after, at this point, Circle of the Moon and Harmony of Dissonance, I lose complete track of what Castlevania came out for what and what the name of each of them is. Yeah. And I only remember what Harmony Dissonance is because I like looked ahead tonight to see like what the next one would be. So. Uh, Harmony of Despair is the Xbox one. Also HD. See, this is why I have problems. Yeah, man, tell me about it. Anyway, Anyway. Castlevania Season 3 coming out next month on Netflix. (laughs) I actually wonder what they're uh, going to adapt with that, because they finished the uh, Castlevania 3 stuff. Uh, Simon's Quest, here we go. Maybe. What a horrible night for season three. <laughs> yeah, probably just Castlevania one, right? I would think so. I, like, I, I also like the chronology blurs for me at a certain point too. I want to say it's like Castlevania three chronologically is the first. Yes. And then it's Simon's then Quest, and then it's and... number one. Or maybe it's number one, and then Simon's it's Quest. It's one, and then Simon's Quest. Okay. Um. Yeah, because and he, he's like bringing, he's getting the parts of Dracula to bring him back to kill him again. Oh right. Um. Uh, but uh, and it's the weird thing is Rondo of Blood and then Symphony of the Night. I know that yes. much at least. Yeah. So, but um, the uh the image they showed for season three does have all the same characters like Sypha and that uh, the bald dude and. See, I would, I would really hope that they would just kind of like veer off and just do a, like adapt another Castlevania storyline at that point instead of just continuing on with those characters. Yeah, I kind of wish so too, but 
who knows my, maybe it's a swerve <coughs> maybe it's going to start maybe. like that and then it's just like 200 years later simon belmont you know yeah maybe i don't know i just hope they actually incorporate more like castlevania music into it because they had that like uh I think they played Bloody Tears once near the end of that second season, and it was also not a particularly good version of Bloody Tears. Yeah. Okay, yeah, looking at the image, um, there's Sypha, Alucard, Trevor, that, uh, oh yeah, that uh, the vampire lady. So she's probably the main antagonist oh. of this time. Wasn't that Camilla? Yes. Okay. Then there's some Camilla? middle lady and Is naked guy in chains. Uh, oh. It's around on I thought she you was an uh, original character. Do not steal. Did not know. No. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Circle of the Moon is a real weird thing. Like, I, I don't want to be entirely negative on it because I actually do think that there's stuff about that game I like. Like, again, the, the the movement in that game actually feels really good to me. Although, again, I I like very stiff games. Uh, I actually think that like it's it's very punchy. Like when you hit enemies, it feels really good. Like the feedback there is great. Uh, I like a lot of the boss designs. Uh, I was kind of saying it in the background, but you fight Camilla at one point, and she like metamorph like morphs into this like giant succubus looking thing that's just riding around on the top of the head, just shooting like balls of energy at you. Looks great. Like there's some great visual design in that game. Uh. It's just a shame about like the difficulty and and the pacing in that game and the grind for cards and actual levels is miserable. And I I blame a lot of that just on the fact that it is a portable game. There's also like you can only like unless you get the uh, card to do it, you can only heal at save points. And there's a lot of save points in this game because again, portable. They wanted to give you a lot of options if you needed to set the thing down. I just like that, like, every few rooms you go into, hey, here's another save point, man. You might need this. Yeah. Well, ratings. Ratings. What would you give a Circle of the Moon? So I kind of want to actually use the rating system I've been doing for tracking my games, which is just, like, a letter-based system. Uh, Garbage. I gave... Shut up. It's I horrible. Gave it's horrible Symphony rating of the... system. Why would you... A, a to F... Come on. Yeah. All right, fine, whatever. In this case, though, it's backwards. A stands for ass and F stands for fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's not the case. It's, it's actually the other way around. <laughs> A stands for awesome. Want to play this again? And F stands for fuck. I can't believe I played Arrow the Acrobat. Still thinking Only about Arrow I... the Acrobat, huh? Never, never not thinking about Arrow the Acrobat. <laughs> I've had a lot of low points in my life, Larry, but few of them have stuck with me the way that Arrow the Acrobat has. Apparently so. Close my eyes at night, and I still see Bat Tasha staring back at me. <laughs> For you, Arrow the Acrobat is like uh, me thinking of your phylactery has been sent to Dinnerum from Dragon yes. Age. It's extremely accurate to how I feel about Arrow the Acrobat. Uh, so Symphony of the Night... Um, I will talk about Symphony of the Night probably at length in another episode of this podcast, but to touch on it very briefly, like I, I think I really do like the classic style Castlevanias way more than the more exploratory-based ones. I am not sure why they just don't land for me as well, but like Symphony of the Night, I, I, I gave like a C 
I was like, this is just a straight up middle of the road game for me. After I played Circle of the Moon, I looked at my list and I bumped that up to a B plus because comparatively, fuck. Yeah. Well, Symphony of the Circle Night. Circle of the Moon did a great job making me like Symphony of the Night. Well, Symphony of the Night, you know, it was like the first of that type, so I can cut a lot of slack for some of the very strange things in it, like how it gets much easier as it goes on. Yes. Uh, just. You know, stuff like that. Resident Evil 4 has that in common with Symphony of the Night, yeah. by the way. Like, I think that's my biggest issue with Symphony of the Night is, like, it also has pacing and difficulty curve issues, but in a way that is kind of the inverse of Circle of the Moon. Uh, neither of these things find in a good balance there. Um, but I do like the way that you get that little level-up sound and, like, the words kind of spin out of Alucard. Uh-huh. Uh, the music also... in that game is fantastic. Just the whole uh, the animations for Alucard of him running in the cape oh yeah. and everything. Great. In general, really great looking game. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like the way they incorporated like polygonal graphics in that thing too. Like melding those two styles together in a way that looks very good. Sure. Uh, yeah. You get that really trippy background when you fight Dracula. Uh-huh. Uh, in Circle of the Moon, I died to the Dracula fight and it sent, it sent me way back into like a cutscene that was really long so I turned a cheat on that just made me level 99 and I killed Dracula in one <laughs> great <laughs> I read like Dracula's HP and I realized like I got him very very far down and then just like managed to die there and was like well I don't want to have to do all this over again because like I basically saw the boss like I understand what it is what's the point that's my excuse for cheating to one circle the moon. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. You gotta tell yourself. Anyway, uh, I'd give it a C minus. No, D plus. <laughs> yeah, D plus. Changing I think I feel comfortable with the D plus. Okay. I thought I thought for a moment, like, uh, was there anything else that redeemed it? And then I remembered that the Game Boy Advance sound card is horrid. And that game sounds terrible, so D+. plus. Okay. Well, my rating, uh, I give Um Jammer Lammy an A+, plus. Uh, one of the best games of all time. I should have played that instead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, think it's you, on my The list, thing is, but... though, you're never going to be able to play it because you'll never get past the third level. Oh, yeah. Probably. That's like the daycare thing, isn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, great. Oh, no. I uh, keep looking at that middle... Game Boy Advance Castlevania with the really horrible bright outlines over the characters and I hate the way that looks so much that I kind of think I might be willing to just throw that one off the list on principle. Okay. Just doesn't help that also like Circle of the Night I don't think is very good and I kind of just don't want to play any more of the Castlevanias on the Game Boy Advance. I don't know. Maybe they actually get better. That's the thing. I don't know. I won't know until I play them. Nobody knows. Nobody's ever played all of them. <laughs> You'll be the first. I had a friend uh, back when those games were coming out, and he was way, way, way into them. So as far as I know, all the Game Boy Castlevanias are great, except for Circle of the Moon, which I now have experience with, and it is not. So You're also very biased against the Game Boy Advance in general, though. I, I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate like how all the... Graphics on the Super Nintendo, really good. Very detailed. Able to get some really gritty stuff out of those games. 
everything on the Game Boy Advance looks like a fucking Saturday morning cartoon. It's all very brightly colored and rudimentary. I don't like the way games look on that thing. The sound chip in that is maybe the worst out of any video game system. I'm including the Sega Genesis in that, which real bad, the Sega Genesis sound chip. Look, this is just sounds ranting like of a madman who has not played Astro Boy Omega oh. Factor. Why is every song on the Game Boy Advance sound like it's coming out of a digitized pipe organ? It's because terrible. It's cool. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I can't say I've ever really noticed. God, it's. I can't stand it. Oh, sound effects in that game too. Like anything that they digitize, like playing the Mario games on that system is impossible because none of the characters shut the fuck up in it. Like they had to give everybody. Like anytime Mario collects a coin, he has to say something. So you get like the most garbled Charles Martinet out of the Game Boy speaker <laughs> you've ever heard in your life. Yes, I never played those ports, so I did not know they did that. But oh god, great, so aggressive! It it is the uh, you played Sonic Heroes, right? Nope. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. The P- I yes, the PS2 version. Actually, here's a better comparison. You've seen footage of the Sonic Boom game, and how often they talk in that. Uh... I guess I have. I can't say I really remember it because every, every time Sonic jumps on the spring, he has to yell "bounce pad." Oh, okay. Or I love rings. It's basically that. Where like any time you do anything in those games, Toad is screeching at you. I mean, that's kind of what Toad does, though. Like that's sure. Toad's function. Look, I'm not saying this isn't in character. I'm just saying that it doesn't sound good because it's coming out of the Game Boy Advance. Which God, is... item. That, that's what Toad says. Oh, I didn't know you had a Game Boy Advance on. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Draw. Oh God, Game Boy Advance sucks. I think like also besides Was Metroid there... Fusion and Zero Mission, like these are the only Game Boy Advance games I actually have on my list. So, was there ever a Game Boy Advance Mario Party? There must have oh. been. I know there was for DS. Well, let me let me look this up. Imagine like sitting there by yourself playing Game Boy Advance Mario Party. Yep. Mario Party Advance is a party video game developed by Hudson Soft. Sure, the masters at Hudson. They did it again. And and all right, hold on. Let me reception. Hudson made Bomberman. Yeah. Eurogamer gave this a one out of ten. Excellent. Yeah. Uh oneup.com gave it a C using the same letter grading system (laughs) that I that I'm using. Making me reconsider this. I have never liked letter grades. I they, they make the most sense to me, I guess. Uh, I had the full spectrum of grades when I was going through school, so I got real intimate with each of them. Okay. X-Play gave this a 3 out of 5. <laughs> Shocking. I give Mario Party Advance a 3 out of 5. Thanks, Adam Sessler. God damn it, Adam Sessler. Why is every game just okay to you? Because Adam he doesn't Sessler, know. the centrist of video game reviews. He didn't know anything about video games. He worked at a bank. And that must have been early, too. Oh, God. Remember, what did he do after X-Play? 
He just like he, had, he got into he like did consulting. That, like, YouTube thing for a while. Uh, oh yeah, it's like Rev or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't that did not last very long. No, I think he went into like consulting after that. Yeah, but yes, man, and the oh, who who was Morgan Webb was opposite of him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she's doing. Uh, well, I'm about to find out because I am very curious. Great. Sure. Let's find out what Morgan Webb's up to. Uh, I guess consultant, this is the show. consultant for Activision Blizzard, which is oh, not what I expected. No. <laughs> she also produced and hosted Blizzard's now defunct monthly World of Warcraft discussion program, WoW Source. Boy, War, uh, Warcraft Three Reforged. I don't know if you've looked at that. Oh no, I boy! Isn't that just is that like WoW classic or I I don't know anything no, about WoW. It's a it's a remake of Warcraft three. Okay, kind, kind of. Mm. Uh, it's basically just upscaled, and they changed some of the models, and they removed a whole lot of stuff from it, and also they added a thing where if you make a custom game type in it, Blizzard owns the IP rights to it. Because they don't want another Dota to happen. Right. Uh, and so... Perfect. But anyway, uh, there's a whole bunch of glitches in it. And missing textures. And other weird stuff. And so, at this point, they have enabled automatic refunding for it. <laughs> um, also, they charged, I think, third. It might have been $40 for it. Um... It's it's a mess. Oh, also, actually... if if you bought it, you can't get like you can't play original Warcraft three anymore. It just like overwrites it in your library. Jesus. Uh-huh. Oh man, I actually uh, speaking of refunds, uh, for some reason a lot of Arkham Knight videos have ended up in my recommendations, and I did not know that they did a lot of DLC for that thing that just put more villains into that game. Uh, like I think there's a whole Mad Hatter thing in there now. Huh. Uh, that got me uh, thinking back to how like Valve started doing Steam refunds specifically when that game came out and was a fucking disaster, and they also just got to a point where it was just automatic refunds on that. Yeah. Uh, I know they did get... that Batgirl DLC for it, but I think that was the only one yeah. I knew about. Yeah, that that uh really good looking like old Harley Quinn like classic Harley in that. Okay. Very well done model. Uh, okay. Like, at the, I mean, it just straight up looks like out of all the things where they specifically had the Arkham series like flair to it, like that one just straight up looked as close as you could get to the Paul Denny. Uh, Harley Quinn, so... Okay, well, um, that's good, because I do not like the way most of the Arkham series characters yeah. look. Yes. Yeah, that that is actually, like, the most, like, this just straight up looks like the thing that... Yeah. Yeah, like, replaying anyway, um, um, Arkham Origins, I was struck by going, like, huh, Jim Gordon actually looks like Jim Gordon, and not some roided-out yeah. freak <laughs> that we're told is Jim Gordon. Yeah, this 90-year-old man who just looks fucking hulked out on Venom. Yeah, Arkham Asylum Jim Gordon looks like Vince McMahon, like, who dyed his hair red. Ugh. 
Um, his clothing looks like it's painted on too. Mm -hmm. Bulging through all of it. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, I like how that was. Hey, we're doing refund policy. If you bought this game within like the last three months, we know it's broken and then eventually evolved into. If you bought this game at like any point in time, if you got it for free, we will refund you. <laughs> I also like how they just gave up on fixing it. Yeah, like I, I am pretty sure like what happened with me is I know I got that as part of like I bought a 980 and so it was the like promo thing going on with that and then like nvidia was just like ooh, yeah sorry about that how about you take the witcher 3 for free would you like that a video game that actually runs good yes and then on top of that it was steam doing like hey you can get your refunds everybody and so i i want to say i was able to actually get a refund on steam weird for what yeah what did you get back <laughs> from it I think that they just, like, gave me money for the game or something like that. I might be wrong about that. Mm. It's been a while, and I've never bothered to, like, I only a few months ago looked back into it, which is probably why I'm getting recommendations now, YouTube algorithm, like, finally figuring it out. Uh, but, like, watched a digital foundry thing about how, like, that game is still absolutely broken. So I have it in my Steam library because I got it on PS4 from Best Buy. And they were supposed to email a thing uh, that was, it was just like upgrade points or whatever, just like a pre-order bonus. And I never got it. And I sent them an email saying, hey, what's the deal with this? And they sent me a code, except the code was just that NVIDIA promo thing for the full game for PC. And so I redeemed that. It was just like, wait, what? And uh, then I sent them a message like, hey, this is just for the PC version, and I don't want that or need that. Uh, and eventually they sent me the right one, but still, I have that in my Steam library. I'll never play it. Yeah, that it was uh, free as part of that Epic Game Store thing, like a, a few sure, months back. Sure, which did not include Arkham Origins, because they want to not yeah. acknowledge the best one apart from Asylum. Yeah. Man, Arkham People, like, talked shit on that game, too, which was so weird. It's that weird, like, mentality of anything made by the B team is inferior. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing that happened with uh, Dark Souls 2, where I, you and I both think that game is way better than the first one. Uh-huh. Like, three, 3 is where we stop seeing eye to eye. But, like, when 2 came out, like, universally hated. Yeah. Which is weird. Well, I feel like... Mate. Kind of. I think people liked it at first and then for some reason started turning on it. Oh, sure. Yeah, but, like, point is, I, I know that a lot of people who are way into Dark Souls, they look at Dark Souls 2 as the black sheep. And yeah, I, I cannot think of, for very many reasons why, other than just, oh, B-team equals bad game. Yeah, um, Miyazaki was not involved with it, which means it must be bad. <laughs> Even though, if you look at everything else Miyazaki has made, uh... <laughs> Anything yeah, he's not there involved still with. saying Bloodborne is great. Mm -hmm. Like a bunch of weirdos. Kim's not good. But, um... Uh, yeah, so that, that new Batman game being made by WB Montreal makes me way more excited for it. Yes. Uh, also the fact that 
I don't know if maybe it's changed at some point, but that it's supposed to be based on like the Court of the Owls stuff. Has oh, it is. Uh, they're still like teasing stuff it's from it. Okay. I saw something with like a bunch of different symbols, and I did not pay like an ounce of attention to it because it just seemed like them going like, "Hey, we're working on a Batman." Like even though that's like been well known by this point. Yeah, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that stuff, but it it's basically all just like. You know, arg stuff, I think, or teasing. Which remember when they didn't get the do point. that with like? Remember when like Arkham Asylum came out, and then like only a few months later at like the Game Awards, they just straight up showed a trailer for Arkham City. Like there was yeah. no arg or anything associated. It was just like, hey, we're doing this other thing. I mean, Arkham Asylum, there was not hype for it. I just read about it in Game Informer, where it was like, <laughs> here's the reveal: Arkham Asylum, new Batman game. Those have they haven't really been great generally, but maybe this one. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, there hasn't um, been a good Batman since that NES one that was a lot like uh like a Ninja Gaiden. No animated series SNES game. We we already talked about this, but that was probably the I, last one. Uh, I remember. Look, I said I get them confused, so maybe I'm I'm still conflating them. I remember not liking the one on the Genesis. Yeah, I don't either. That's the one that's like you just run around and throw batarangs. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that thing being a mess. Um, yeah, it's. Well, of course, there, there was Batman Vengeance. Sure. Or the PS2 Rise of GameCube. Rise of uh, Rise of Skywalker. Sinsu. No, Sinsu. Yeah. There was uh. D- what was the other one that was like the realistic looking one that was on GameCube and Xbox? Well, there was a Vengeance. Batman Begins game that they put yep. out. I remember that one being okay, but it was really short. But you could also unlock Adam West and animated skins in it, so who's to see if it's good or bad? Remember they were doing a Dark Knight video game that got cancelled. And yeah. they put a bunch of concept art out of that, I think, at some point. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was I, being made like, by Pandemic. Right before Arkham Asylum. Actually, yeah, but yeah, that was being made by Pandemic, wasn't it? I believe so. R.I.P. Left yeah. us too soon. Oh. Killed by Mercenaries Two being a total mess. Although yeah. coming yeah, back, yeah, it was in... a pandemic. Okay, they're coming back in spiritual form with the Destroy All Humans remake. I appreciate how with the Destroy All Humans remake, they're just using the original audio. Sure. That's going to sound weird. Yeah. I appreciate it, though. We're done. Yeah, this has been a real Bat-themed episode. Uh, We talked about Batman comics, Batman movies, Batman video games. We talked about Arrow the Acrobat, Castlevania. That's got bats in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Any other uh, famous bats in media you want to touch on before we head out of here? Uh, no. Ninja Remember, Baseball uh, Batman. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say Ninja Baseball Batman. That's a really good one. Yes, it is. It's a fantastic game. I don't really have a whole lot to add to that because trying to describe Ninja Baseball Batman is very difficult because that thing is just fucking bonkers and is just better enjoyed, mm-hmm. like firsthand. Like just, I don't know, go play that game. Find an arcade cabinet of Ninja Baseball Batman. 
sure or find other ways to enjoy it until next week i've been larry davis uh i'm batman goodbye dinosaurs you know what killed the dinosaurs larry what batman oh oh that's not what i thought you were going to say The Ice Age! Ah! Hey, Paisan! decided that the song was entitled Barkerville. What? I don't I Can don't you explain know. the context <laughs> that of that, is, that, that decision? At all, at all? Yes. Barkerville. The weirdest. I know. I just, I, you know, I can't. You, you like make Bob up Bunker? names for, for background? No, BGM. no, just this one. Just specifically this, like, tap metal guitar solo? <laughs> yeah. Barkerville? Barkerville. <laughs> all right. Do you know the rest I don't of know. Your... That just popped into my head at do, some point. Do you remember the rest of the words? <laughs> no, there were no other words. All right. See? See, it works. I mean, yes, in the same way that any three syllable thing would probably work, but. Oh, no. Hang on. Yeah, you're. Yeah, see? You're probably right, though. I'd say any any, any three syllable. Like, giant bomb, giant bomb. Clarinet. Yeah, okay. Did they play clarinet and barcarolle? I don't know. That's three syllables. Oh, my God. I don't know what that says about you. It's even musically. Mm. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Help me out. Come up with another. Now Barkerville. Word. Is, now Barkerville. Sort of... You nailed it. <laughs> so is Barkerville a place? Uh, yeah, I imagined it was like Werewolf Town. Cause... Oh, no, okay, let me let me rephrase that question. Is Barkerville a real place <laughs> yeah, that you're familiar with? Or... You no, know, let's find out. <laughs> Not is Barkerville potentially oh a hypothetical God. imaginary place, which is a dumb question to answer. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this song pretty much answers that question. If you right. hear the rest of the song, yeah. you'll know. I, I mean, that's really yeah. It's explained in the lyrics. Pay attention.